This is the When We Relate podcast with your host, Will Fleming. This podcast is a place for regular folks like you and me to talk about life, music, entertainment, faith, sports, and everything in between. The purpose is simple, to show the world that the more we talk, the more we all see how much we actually relate in different ways. Yo, 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 we are live, we are live, episode two, in full effect, thank you guys for joining the When We Relate podcast, I am your host, Mr. Will Inspire, I know the intro says Will Fleming, but a little secret into that whole thing, the last podcast we did, which was the first one, uh, somebody said, you need to go by Will Inspire, so we are rocking with that, so Will Inspire, I'm here, man, with with one of my guys, man, uh, somebody that is uh, absolutely incredible, uh, incredible mind. Um, we we met at our, should I tell the story, bro, very briefly? <laughs> so we met at the tech company that I currently uh, work with, work at right now, and um, he was coming in as uh, not really new to the company, but new to the side of the company, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of did the black thing where we were standing on one side of the room, standing on the other side and was like, hey, my dog, yeah, another, black <laughs> person. another black person. And um, the rest is history, man. And um, just just really started to see how much we actually do relate, which is um, pretty cool that this podcast is when we relate. So without further ado, I introduce to y'all my big dog, my homie, uh, Mr. Q Branch. You got a you got a nickname you want to go by other than Q or? I do, actually. I do. Um, this is actually quite recent. I actually just started going by Quentin Max. Quentin Max, okay. Yeah, so that, will be, that serves as the rap name. That serves as the alias. Uh, everybody knows me as Q. Uh, Quentin. Uh, Q Slide is the old name, and uh, so this is like the first formal introduction of Quentin Max. Quentin Max, my man, thank you for joining the show, my good sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, um, we'll get straight into it, man. What What I want to start off with asking you is um, number one, man. How do you feel about everything going on right now, man? We, I mean. I know that's like a loaded question because it seems like a million things are happening all at the same time. But uh, in your words, man, how how you feeling? Um, it's complex, like you said. I mean, it's complex. Uh, one saying that that I hold on to is 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 it's difficult. It's a difficult time, mm-hmm. but it's simple. Mm. It's not. Confusing. It's not. It's not. It's not overly. Div- it's not overly complex, but it is hard. You know. I mean, things are going on now on a larger scale or a more publicized scale than than maybe they have been. But there's nothing happening now that hasn't been happening. People've been getting sick. Fact. It's just who's getting sick. There have been pandemics, right? I mean, there have been people getting sick and dying in mass numbers. Mm. There have been, you know, race wars. There have been, you know, civil wars. There have been unrest. Throughout the world, but it's just the right people is happening to the right people now, and right. so it's a little bit louder. Mm. So um, I try to be as as cultured and well rounded as I can. So I can't say I'm surprised at any of these things. Yeah. It's all again, it's unfortunate. It's a hard time, you know. I have, 
you know, family members and things like that that have been affected by the virus, that have been affected by COVID, taken away by COVID. I've had, you know, family members and friends and people of mine that have been out in the streets protesting and marching. I've personally been out in the streets protesting and marching. Not this time, uh, not from this issue, but for the same um for the same dynamic and for the same reasons, just on a different time. Unfortunately, this is, you know, in our lifetime, time number 100, where people have been in the streets tearing stuff up for uh, for one black man or a black woman that's been done wrong. So um, I've seen this movie. This is a different episode of the same show, Word. unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? This is the season finale, as some people call it. So. Wow. That's deep. You actually just said a season finale. If, if That's deep, man. I want to unpack that a little bit more. So... I think I agree with you in the sense of like, this is definitely nothing new, sure to speak. I guess you can say for COVID, you know, we've never experienced anything like this before, right? In our lifetime, at least. But as far as the uh, social injustices, if you will, and um, everything that has to do surrounding that, this is definitely nothing new. But it is a very interesting time in which, it seems like there are, and it could be heightened because of COVID and everything that's happening with COVID, but it seems like now our voices are a little bit louder. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned season finale, and uh, I kind of want to get your take on, mm-hmm. do you feel that with COVID, with us all being uh, quarantined, that it's kind of put a, um, a a darker, or a, I should say a lighter um, highlight marker on the fact that what we've been trying to say for years is actually now being understood by our counterparts? Um, uh, this is a dynamic question. <laughs> um, here's the thing. You said are our issues, are our cries being more highlighted by our counterparts? To unpack that specifically, no. Mm. Our counterparts, no. I don't believe that Big business and companies and enterprises that benefit from the black dollar, I don't think there are counterparts. There are bystanders in this issue. They're going to do what they do. I don't believe companies, specifically, you know, uh, for-profit companies in this country do anything out of uh, personal um, beliefs. They, They earn money. That's what they do. So, you know, uh, Nike doesn't release a Black History Month collection of sneakers every year because they love black people. They do that because black people buy sneakers. Interesting. Which is fine. You know what I mean? Cancel culture will say that's terrible, but that, I mean, it's fine. Right. You know, right. I don't buy sneakers from Nike because I love Phil Knight. I buy sneakers I like sneakers. Right. So it's a transaction. I think our counterparts are continuing to be as stubborn as they have been. I think they still want to hang on to quote-unquote history, which is oppression. Um, which is another word for, for oppression and they want to hang on to that I think that what it boils down to is that whiteness has been ingrained in everyone so much so to where that it is the baseline that white people don't understand that it is whiteness and not regular mm. whiteness is normal for most people which is why when we say let's tear down this confederate flag let's tear down this confederate monument no that's our history Hmm. Because they don't assimilate, they don't associate that with a color. They don't understand that that's whiteness. Another example is professionalism. You have to dress professionally when you go to work, right? Fact. You have to dress white. That's not there because think about it. When the monument went up, when Angel Mama decided who the, who were going who's going to be on their cover, when someone decided how you were supposed to dress on a job interview, where were black people? 
we were either slaves or not allowed to vote mm. or three-fifths of a human. We weren't a part of any of those conversations. Hmm. And the dynamic of society when That's all of true. those things, and the dynamic of society when all those things were set up was racist. Whether the individual guy that did it was racist or not is regardless. The, the, the dynamic of society was racist at that time. The idea and the norm was to be racist. Everybody, that's how it was. Like, black people are less. We don't like black. That's the way it was. Hmm. When all of those things were set up. So to say that, it's like, so, so again, to say all that, to say that whiteness is kind of the baseline. Do I feel like our real, like, uh, our real, like, opposition when it comes to social justice is really trying to change? Not really. I, I just think that we are gaining more steam as a group because companies, individuals, groups, organizations are going like, all right, guys, we're no longer as invested in being societally normalized racist. Like, we don't live in a society anymore where racism is the good old norm. Like, yeah, we hate black people out loud. We, yeah, let's, yeah, no, that's not the way it is anymore. Right. Like, racism is not inherent to as many people as it used to be. A lot of people are going, oh, well, let's just leave them alone then. Let's just leave black people alone. Let's just treat them fair then. Hmm. And that's what you're seeing when people are trying to take down Confederate flags and when they're taking Aunt Jemima off the bottle. The guy that runs General Mills or whoever, hmm. he's probably not even racist. Right. He just does, they just keep selling the same stuff that's been selling. Are right. they mad about that? Oh, we can just take it off then. I don't care. Right, right, you know right, saying? right. Now, he's not aware enough or an advocate enough to go, we should have been did this. Mm. But people are now not nearly as invested in being racist or being oppressive as they used to be. Right. But the system, the systematic oppression, the government, the the big brother, is still the same. So you're saying, let me make sure, and that's a, that's a really interesting take. Uh, so you're saying in 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 many words that uh, we still going through what we went through, what we what we've been going through essentially, yeah, exactly. and yeah, uh, yeah, essentially that um, that part hasn't changed. Like I walk across the street with a hoodie on as a black man, the same way that they looked at uh, Trayvon Martin years ago, they are gonna look at me exactly the same. Exactly, and I think unfortunately we focus on individuals too much because, like you said. No matter what happens, right. well, no matter what happens, this is my true belief. No matter what happens, there still will there will always be somebody that will look at you like Draymond Martin when you walk across the street, right? Right. I don't think that matters. I think God tells us that we are flawed and wicked. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that. So I think it's it's asinine to try to address individuals' feelings and try to make everybody love black people. Sure. What we need to do, in my opinion, is try to set up a way that the right people are the right way. Mm. The governors, the judges, the presidents, the mayors, the, the representatives, those people that are in the... Because, I mean, you know, we have a president right now that could, with this, you know, with, with, with the flick of a pen, could change a lot more than any one hateful person. Facts. So if we could get the right person with the right support in the right place, that one guy or those 10 people would be able to, for lack of a better word, trump what any group of racists could do. Right. And that's all we're trying to get to. I don't think we're ever going to get to a place where people, everybody love everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a Christian, we, you know, we would want that. But we would want, but again, like I said, we were wicked. Facts, we're, we're, we were born in sin, man. It's just not in our nature. That's facts. That's why we need God. That's, hey, hey, that's a hot take right there. I don't know yeah, if it's considered a hot take, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, that's, hey, man, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and just to add on to that, I, I think where, where I was coming from in the sense of, this happening now with COVID, I, I've seen for certain individuals that aren't necessarily, that aren't black, let's just call it what it is, that aren't black, um, and I won't toss out any names or anything like that, but 
that have asked me like, hey, man, like, you know, I've this has happened before. And like, you know, it's happened before, but I didn't really take it as serious before. But I don't know what what about now? It it just kind of hit me. And I just I just want to know how can I be a good ally? How can I like, you know, anything that I'm doing specifically that's incorrect um, and looking at you some type of way or just, you know, because a lot of times I think that because people are so used to the system, mm-hmm. right? Like, formality. yeah, the formality of it, mm-hmm. of, of just anything, you can put this in any specific category, but because people are so system, systemly programmed in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, they don't never step back and say, is that right? Mm-hmm. Although this was, you know, this is how they've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Is this right? So I think COVID in a way, because people have been quarantined and the world has been on pause um, all together at the same time, mm-hmm. it's given the right people that really do want to see some sort of change um, the time, if you will, uh, to sit down and say like, okay, how can I really help? Yeah. What have they really been saying? Dang, these, these like, I don't have to as a white man worry about my wife or my daughter or my son getting pulled over by the cops and that being the last time they live, right? right? Like, these are things that we've been going through forever, right? But, um, yeah, I just think that that's, I think it's really interesting to see how many people are jumping on the let me learn more bandwagon. Not bandwagon, because that sounds like... Or just the awakening. The awakening, exactly. Better way to say it. Absolutely. um, In reference to coronavirus, and this is just what I thought, like right now, since while you were talking about it, it's like, what's what I think it is, is that there are certain things, very few things, unfortunately, there are certain things that can happen Mm -hmm. in society, especially in America, that will... that will... um, that will do away with the, the lines between us. Mm-hmm. 9-11 was one of those things. You know what I'm saying? It brought the lines in between black people and white people and people of color and white people, whatever. It brought those lines down a little bit because we all felt attacked. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And coronavirus is one of those things. Mm. Everybody hates it. Mm. Everybody's upset about it. Nobody thinks it was handled properly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's one of those things that is... It... I don't want to say it brings everybody together, but it eliminates it eliminates the things that divide us. Right. Things that divide us are class, access, things like that. You have as much money as you want now. You can't go nowhere. Facts. Can't <laughs> Jeff Bezos can't go to the grocery store without and get toilet paper. You can't go to the grocery store. And get toilet. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like that's one of those things. So like, if this issue happens, um, if this issue happens when there is when we're, we're all in the normal space, the mo- it's harder to move. But when we've already been jarred loose by coronavirus, then you can kind of, you know, you can kind of move one way or the other. Mmm. Mmm. I want to, I want to unload that much more. But what we're gonna do, man? We're gonna take a quick, quick, quick break. Um, we will be back once again. This is the When We Relate podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Will Inspire. We joined by Mr. Q Branch. Q. Q. On the ones and twos. We'll be back. Hey, what's up? This is Will Inspire. Hey, listen, I I know this year has been really one for the history books. A lot of people, a lot of businesses are struggling to stay afloat. So here's what I like to do. Listen, if you are someone you know is in need of that extra push to keep their business alive, reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter 
at will underscore inspire. That's will underscore inspire. Um, I'd love to discuss some opportunities to get your company spotlighted on this podcast. And what I'll also do is connect you to my partners regarding a free consultation to see how they can help with cool business strategies to spark new life into your company. Contact me today. Do not wait. Will underscore inspire. I look forward to talking to you. Yes, yes, yes. We are back once again. When we relate podcast um, with Mr. Q Branch, we have we're having a really, really interesting conversation, and um, I kind of want to continue where we left off. Um, very interesting to hear your opinion on just kind of the systematic approach to things and and just kind of, you know, it is what it is. Not really is what it is, but you get what I'm saying. Um, Continue where you kind of left off. Was there anything that you wanted to pick back up on? I know we had to cut the commercial break, but um, anything you wanted to pick back on specifically before we change the corner a little bit? No, I mean, Um, like you were just kind of saying, this is a, a time where there are some differences in what what we're experiencing, the way things are changing, things you know what I mean like it's a we're at a pretty um, pretty intentional crossroads right now. You have the coronavirus, you have the civil unrest, you have the individual like the specific like police emphasis. Right. You know what I'm That's not even always the case. Sometimes it's a race thing specifically. Now it's race and police. Mm. You know what I mean? There's that. And then you even have the like the the the, the dynamic of the election. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's yes. like so the government is even more hands on now than they may normally have been when it comes to these types of things. You got people trying to secure their own political interests and things like that. Um, I think that emphasis in specifically as a black person, as a black man, emphasis would be best put on longevity at this point. Yeah. Um, we have the tools, you know, we've shown that we have the tools to be heard and to be and to gain ground Mm -hmm. even if that ground is little by little even if it's changing the language behind certain things and the way that i view it is like this like boom we are gaining a lot of what people like to call moral victories facts so like for example there's like some real estate agents are changing the name like changing the way that they address the bedroom like instead of a master bedroom it's a primary bedroom right oh yeah yeah. okay that's cool and some people Black people specifically are upset because that's not like a real issue. Right. You know what I'm saying? However, what that says to me is that it's an admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. It's an admission mm-hmm. that there is an issue with the normality of it, with the way that things are going, right? You take that and then you put that front and center in front of the people that were already making the change and say, hey, okay, thank you for changing the way you talk about bedrooms. Now let's make sure that realtors show black people all the houses that they can afford in all the neighborhoods instead of just the red line neighborhoods. That part. You know what I'm saying? You've already right. said that you're on our side, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, Redfin? Right, Realtor.com? Mm-hmm. Right, Zillow? Mm-hmm. So, okay, now that you're on our side, listen to what we're telling you. At that point, it's a crossroads between are you really with us or were you just politicking and we can just quote-unquote cancel you, right? Right. But if you sit back and say, quiet, we can't get any moral victories or, or not, then it's harder to understand whether or not you have someone willing to make changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understand the tone deafness of these companies. Right. I don't think most of it is malicious. However, 
if you then move into a space where you're not doing what where you, what's asked of you, right. then there's a problem. Then there's a problem. Nobody asked realtors to stop using these words. Right. But they wanted to do something. Right. Cool. You want to do something? Here's how you can help. Right. Ask the people what... See, that's a really good point, man, because I think what we've seen, and I've had some conversations internally with a few people as well, that what what has been happening is it's been a lot of like public statements by companies that you would have never really seen have a public statement mm-hmm. regarding anything. I mean, you go back Trayvon Martin, you can go back to every big issue, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Brown, all these big issues, big things, if you will, that happened in in uh, black history, and you won't see any type of statements. And I can be wrong if someone wants to bring up something on Google, and maybe I'm wrong, right? But I can say from my point of view, I think that there has never been a moment where so many statements um, saying, I see you, in a sense, right, uh, from companies have all come out at the same time. So what what you're saying in regards to let this not just be a moment, right, where, okay, you see us, you make a quick change, and then a year go by, and now we're back at square one. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I want to make sure is that if we have your attention, and you're saying exactly, I think we're, we're agreeing on this. Mm-hmm. If we have your attention, you want to make a change, come talk to us. Mm-hmm. These aren't new things that we are thinking about, like, oh, maybe, you know, change the master bedrooms mm-hmm. to individual. No, we're, we're, that's, not, that's not an issue. The issue is black people in America don't get the same loans that our white counterparts get. Our black people in America can't always be real estate agents and get the same deals that other real estate agents, depending on where you're at, of course. But these are real issues that I feel need to be addressed. And I agree, man. I think that if we can all, well, if companies, we'll, 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 We'll pinpoint a little bit more. Mm. If companies can focus on that this has been an issue that's been happening and the only way for it to really stick is for them to make, like you said, um, investments for longevity, mm-hmm. this moment will literally just pass, man. Like because no matter how big it gets. No matter how big it gets, exactly. Because you can look back in history and anything that was quote unquote big mm-hmm. always fades out. But this isn't like I don't I I guess what I'm saying is and sorry for the rant, but I I don't think that this moment should be looked at as what's trending. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't something trending. This is something that we've always dealt with. So um, I'll pass the mic back over to you, man. And I kind of want to get your opinion on what do you feel? What are some if, if a company was listening like Nike or Another company like, you know, Ben and Jerry, shout out Ben and Jerry, by the way. They they are doing an incredible job. Oh, my God. Bro, I love their ice cream, so I was going to keep eating it to be completely. We need sponsorship. We need, we need sponsorship. But uh, what, what are some actionable items? If you had to give a company a, a list, maybe just three uh, actionable items that will really help change the narrative. Well, um, I'll preface, let me preface this by saying that anybody that knows me or knows of me knows that I am more, and for lack of a better word, militant when it comes to race relations. I'm not, um, I'm not really kumbaya with it. 
Um, I'm working to allow my faith to drive me a little bit more when it comes to this, but I'm definitely more Malcolm X than Martin Luther King. So, Mm-mm. one thing that I feel like is missing when it comes to the moral victories being handed out by companies is individual accountability. Somebody needs to be fired. We found out that one of like that this group of employees, we found out that this this store, we found out that this X, Y, and Z was implementing racist or incorrect or oppressive or biased practices and we fired everybody. I have not heard that. Mm. You put in stipulations and rules and things like that for things that you want to have happen and you do sensitivity training and things like that but what you're trying to do there is you're trying to change the minds and the hearts and the articulations of people which if you're a racist you're probably not going to change your mind because your job told you to. Mm. The thing that's continually missing in this is consequence. So what are you going to do if somebody calls it a master bedroom? What are you going to do if somebody refuses to serve a black person because they don't have the right dress code? What are you like, like I want to hear you're going to fire someone. I want to hear that their benefits will be taken away. I want to hear that that these types, and that's the same, and honestly, it's the same thing that goes for the police. Like, I'm for defunding the police, but if not, if we're going to, if we're going to go towards legislation and laws around policing, we need specific mandatory minimums, just like we have for the war on drugs. We didn't just say, we really don't want you to, to, to sell drugs. No, they said, if you do this, you get this. Right. If you kill, if a police officer kills a person that is can be that, and it's a hate crime, and that black person was unarmed, life, death penalty, whatever. Even if it's not as harsh as that, whatever. I want a punishment to be allocated. Otherwise, it gets. It's great that it's something there that it's illegal now to hurt us, but illegal illegality doesn't equate to consequence. Right. We see that. So again, individual accountability. Hurt somebody's feelings, hurt somebody's pockets, do something to somebody. Yeah. Don't just put a blanket over your whole company and say, we're going to do better. No, do something to somebody. That would be one thing. Um, inclusion would be another. I think there should be a, um, tipping, a, a, a tipped scale towards black people specifically until the, 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 the demographics of companies look like the country, the country at least yeah I'm not world. yeah I'm not I'm not really with this like you know you have like Rooney rule you have to interview a black person nah we need to tip scales we need to state, we, yeah, we need to move half of HR out and make half of HR black hmm yeah let's do that let's do some stuff like that hmm that's that I mean like and again like it's difficult to expect white people that are in power and it is white people in power in these companies it's difficult to expect them to do these types of things but that's what would work yeah you know what I mean if you want the type of inclusion that would stop all these issues that's what that's what it takes yeah you know what I'm saying um and then I also would like to hear language around um I guess you could say, quote unquote, policing in the companies. Like a lot of people, when it, like a lot of white people, when it comes to racism, I'm not racist, right? Right, right. I have this, I have that. I don't do this, I don't do that. Okay, right. cool. You know who does. <laughs> I know you know. You were standing there when Jim told you that he, that he spit in the black lady's coffee. Wow. Right? Wow. Because the fact that racism is so rampant. This is along with anything else, and I can go off on a lot, a lot of tangents. The fact that it's so rampant means that it is accepted. Wow. It's not a secret. Don't try to act like he, people are being secretly racist. Yeah. That's not happening. 
People, they keep it secret from the people that they are oppressing, but they don't keep it secret from one another. That's fine. You know who racist because I know who's racist, and they're yeah. racist against me. Yeah. So I want accountability. If I find out, because think about it, it's the same thing with sexual harassment or bullying in that the workplace. Is, that's a really good point. If your work, if your, if your employer finds out that you knew that there was sexual harassment going on and you didn't say anything, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're you're just as guilty as the person that did it. Let's have that for race as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's have that for race as well. And extrapolate that to the feelings of the individual. Hmm. Black people have been impoverished and oppressed and brutalized long enough to be able to say, I was made to feel uncomfortable, somebody needs to be fired. Yeah. I don't want red tape. Well, technically, he didn't say nigger. He said, like, nah. Mm-mm. I just, I mean, Called that's... I mean, because at the end of the day, again... If you don't have the if you don't have the the demographic, mm-hmm. right, and we don't have the power structure in place, which we don't, then you're not going to be able to properly try or ha- or like or properly analyze the situation. Right. You're not going to be able to properly say, well, is this what they meant or what happened or what have you? You don't have the infrastructure for that. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of white people trying their best to appease a black person at that point, yeah. which is why, in my opinion, it takes hard, fast, swift action. Fired. You did this, you're fired. Right. There's not any room for interpretation because as soon as it becomes an area of interpretation, it becomes unfair. That's Because it's being interpreted by people who have no reason besides their own quote-unquote moral compass to go to bat for black people. Huh. Right? Why, why, why Why would they help us? Why would they speak up for us? Yeah. So just to kind of recap... Individual accountability, fire people and, 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 and punish people who do bad things. Um, policing. Policing. People, people who see things have to say things. You're accountable too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I also specifically, real quick, think black people are, um, specifically black people are omitted and excluded from this. We don't have to do any of this. Again, we've been brutalized enough. I don't want to hear this rising tide raises all boats. Let's all be better. Nope. Y'all be better, specifically. <laughs> That's I had to bring you on the show, bro. That, I'm serious. And hey, that's people real. Don't wanna say. People don't want to say these things. I, yeah, I, yeah. This is exactly how it is. I'm, I think a lot of people think this way. Yeah. And this is actually, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think a people, a lot of us think this way. But there's always a in the back, and I don't care what anybody say, but in the far back of our mind, we we have this feeling of, am I going to make someone upset? Or maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe it's what's the consequences of me saying that. And or if I say it, is it going to even hold any weight? Do, would anyone care? Right? Self-preservation. It's the black person's way. Right. I mean, again, we have been brutalized from day one. How have we made it this far? Right. We've had, we have, like, can you imagine if we would have, if every black slave would have homicided their way through? Yeah. Then we would not, there would be no black people here. We'll still be, yeah. They would have killed yeah. us all. Yeah. It would have yeah. been done. They would have had to kill all the slaves. Wow. Some slaves had to assimilate and some slaves had to submit. Some, there were way more slave revolts than they're letting you know, by the way. Some slaves had to assimilate. Some slaves had to, um, to, to pacify their masters to stay alive. A lot of them had to do that to stay alive. So think about that. Everybody, black people or white people, everybody involved, before you say that a black person should do anything. We all have 500 years of bad news when we do do things. You know what I'm saying? From full-on slave revolts like Nat Turner, where they kill him, to asking to be, asking am I being detained, or asking why are you following me? Everything in between, murder, 
and conversation has gotten black people killed. So yeah, it's understandable that sometimes black people may not want to take swift and 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 um, politically uh, radical action. Sometimes black people want to just keep their job, yeah, and keep their money and keep their welfare and keep you know what I'm saying and welfare as in like their well being, right? Um, and 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 live their life. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's also kind of unfair that, that some people hold black people to such a higher standard. Well, you guys need to do this, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not responsible for the for the brutalization of white people. I shouldn't have to stop that. Wrong. Y'all stop. Wow. Wow. My man's is definitely Malcolm X. If y'all didn't, <laughs> if you it's didn't bad. know already, <laughs> he gave you the. It's bad. He I started, gave you I the. The Black Student Union in my high school. I was the president of in college. I started a whole bunch of trouble. No, listen, man. I think, and and I know I, I joke a little bit, but it's truly, man, something that. This is why I bring everyone on the show because, again, the more we talk, the more we understand. Like, like either a I relate to that, and I've already said that, or B, I relate to that, and I'm scared to say that. Mm-hmm. So I think in in our community, and this goes, I can really take this so many different ways from 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 business, from um, workplace, whatever, right? We, I mean, I ain't going to name them all out, but I think there is a point in which we have to speak up. And if there's nothing that we get from this moment, it's the it, one thing that I think that we really have to get is that our voices are being heard. Mm-hmm. And if they're not being heard, make sure they're heard. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? All right, if you're not going to let me in your company, I'm going to start that company. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to fund my company, we going to fund my company. That's a good point, too. You know what I mean? Like, good conversation to have, too. Bro, because, and and maybe maybe we shift gears right now, right? Maybe we talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we wait for others to recognize. And in between that idle time of waiting and action from who we're waiting on, a lot of times we're missing out on what we can be building as well. Mm -hmm. So although I do want to see change in workplaces, although I do want to see, um, you know, our counter, our our white folks or whatever, Mm -hmm. however you want to look at it, recognizing our suppression i also want to see our community saying hold up fam we free as well we free right like what can we be doing right now to and and i guess this is a question too what can we be doing right now to create our own platforms that's why i created this podcast bro because we be having conversations and i was like man i would love to hop on someone else's podcast and start talking but i'm like why do i have to wait on that invitation when i have the tools to create it We, we, I mean, that's probably if, if I always say this, if, if white people really wanted to keep black people suppressed, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have gave us their tools that they have as well. Mm -hmm. Although their tools maybe can get them in a little bit further than we can. Mm -hmm. We got the same access to some of them tools as well. Right. right? And, and that can go a lot of different ways, but um, what you got? I think speaking to that specifically, just kind of taking an element of the toolage, like the white white people allowing black people to uh, see or, or to appear into their ways. Yeah. You also have to understand the, the reality of the image of the black person to the white person. That's right. Yeah. Come on. I mean, it's not it's, this, it's not as it's not as if white people think that we're capable. It's not that it's not as if they think that we are intelligent. They right. don't. They think that oh, I can give them. 
you know, I can give a black man $100,000 and a white man $100,000 yes. and drop them both in the exact same place, yes. and the white man will create a lot more. The reality is, if we were ever equal, yeah. if we were ever, black people and white people ever started from the same starting line, if we woke up tom- tomorrow at zero, mm-hmm. white people wouldn't even make it. Wow. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even be here. Wow. Wow. I know it, and they know it. Which is why they're continually afraid for their for their purity. Where they're always worried about people taking jobs from them. They're always worried about people, you know, tainting their history or t- taking away their history. And if you notice, it's always the people that are less than successful who want to cling on to history. That I want. I am a piece of trailer park trash, and so I want to remember back when trailer park trash was revered because this was the South. I want to remember when we were, were were in charge. I want to remember when we owned people because I'm not as I'm not as excellent as as you know I should be. Hmm. I have a really really big head start, and Tyler Perry still has more money than me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas black people have shown an, a continual aptitude for survival and for excellence throughout all levels of brutalization. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Every major sport is full of impoverished black people. Wow. Every one of them. Every single, you know, how many football players, basketball players grew up in single parent households? We were struggling, we were poor, we were all millionaires. Now, that, of course, that's physical aptitude. But the idea that you can grow to a professional level at anything while hungry, while trying to provide for your family, that's not something that that I believe most, or I don't think that, uh, put it this way, I don't think that's something that's inherent to white people, put it that way. Mm. Um, that's true. Uh, going back to the other topic that we were kind of trying to spin off on, we have, as as we know, we have more black millionaires now than ever before, right? Yeah. More absolutely. black millionaires now than ever before. Um, it is scary to think about going all black. Scary to think about going all black. Like, hmm. Kyrie Irving, just a little while ago, I was talking about man. Let's just go start our own league. I saw that. That's scary. Immediately, I pushed back. It's scary. Immediately, yeah. I pushed back because it's for two reasons, and I think black people are are are, are um. It's, it's unfortunate, and we're at a disadvantage because we, on one hand, are not allowed to challenge the norm, right? In terms of people don't like when we go against it so at the same time we also are not allowed to lean into it we're not allowed to lean into comfortability right. because it's like well you just want the white man to give you everything yeah. you know what I'm saying like I'm comfortable with the NBA mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying as a person I'm comfortable with the NBA I feel like I could be uncomfortable with a separate spinoff league that's created by the players because that's not what I'm used to now, Ice Cube's Big Three shows us that there's absolutely no problem with that and it could work very easily. Yeah. Right? But it's still not comfortable. Yeah. I think there's a space to talk about huh. why that's not comfortable. I think there's a space to, to accept that that's not comfortable. And I think if you want to be a white ally, you should be able to help perpetuate the idea that that is possible. Right. I've never heard that. I've never heard a white ally try to uplift or emphasize something that is considered to be all black. Hmm. Yeah, black people, go start Rock Nation. I've never seen it. Hmm. I've only ever seen, yeah, come on in. <laughs> yeah, come be with me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Come join my thing. You won't own as much as I will, but come on in. You know, that's 
That's a very interesting uh, statement because when you look at the percentage, and I'm actually I, I like to I like to go hard facts. Um, I try to, man. The NFL has approximately 68% of their players African-American. I'm sure the NBA has. You can just look on the court. You can look at any... 68% African-American? 68% African-American. So that doesn't even include by, like, multiracial? No, not at all. That's ridiculous. This is just, this is just African-Americans. And you can look at the NBA and just look at any starting five lineup, and I'm pretty sure I can grab hey, more... Hey, real quick. What's up, what's up? Let me... Can you think of a NBA lineup with less than three black people? The Mavericks. They got they got Luca. They got Porzingis. Wow. Yeah, no. Hold on, got, hold on. They... <laughs> <laughs> Time out. We're doing research. <laughs> Mavericks starting lineup. Hold on, bro. Am I tripping? Cause they got um they got no bro they yeah so so it's Luca, Porzingis, Boban. I don't even know who that is. Big tall seven seven eight foot guy. Okay. Seth Curry. Okay. But I guess you you know what though Seth to be to be truly honest with you you're right because Luca and Porzingis are the top two starters on their yeah. team of course but then you can throw Dwight Powell. Tim Hardaway Jr. and maybe Seth Curry into the lineup. Okay. So, so I see your point though. Yeah, I was just, I was just because that was the that was the first thing. I mean, that's the only team I can think of. Every other team, mm-hmm. I, I, of course not. Right? That's a good thought, and it's amazing. And this is just a thought I just had real quick, and we could go back. But so the dynamic of the players is the exact opposite of the dynamic of the owners. Do, okay, so bro, you just took the words out of my mouth, and this is exactly. Why? And this is how our show works, by the way. We we start on one thing and then it just like jumps, yeah, jumps, all connected in some way. Um, I looked up how many black owners we have in the NBA right now. This was in 2011, so of course things may have changed, but honestly, probably not. Um, It showed one, Michael. Uh, Michael, yeah, it showed one in the NBA um, in 2011. And this is majority owner. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So, like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think Michael is a majority owner. And you know, of course, you guys like we're not perfect. Like, correct us if we won't. But the point is this: you get, the point. you get the point. There are more. So let's think about this. There are more black players in the NBA and the NFL. However, there are a majority less, or are significantly less. NBA owners slash NFL owners that own the team that the players are playing for. To your point, bro, there are not enough, and and this is something that can go on an action item if someone wants to know what they can be doing better. Mm -hmm. There are not enough conversations to the black community to show how they can transition uh, as an NBA player from NBA player to owner. And if there are those conversations that's happening behind closed doors, make that more public. Because in my eyes, as just a regular viewer, someone that watches NBA and ESPN, I can't wait for the NBA season to start back up. That's another conversation. Um, Preach, preacher. preacher. Um, But there are not, I mean, there's just no, there's no, there's not a lot of black NBA owners, period. So then when you look at somebody like LeBron James, who's rewriting that script, he's then told to to shut up and dribble. 
The minute that someone goes against the grain and says, listen, not only am I going to be the best player in the NBA, I'm also going to be arguably one of the best individual black men in the business world. Shout out to him and his team. They just signed a deal. Um, what is it? Springboard. Gosh, what is the his um, his production company name? I don't know the name, but I do know he just created it. Him and and it was him and Maverick, right? Yeah, him and Maverick just. Um, I just saw it recently, man. Oh God, I gotta find it. This is a a, a really good point here. Um, here we go. So. They just got a $100 million investment to build their media empire. Him and Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter is, of course, one of uh, LeBron James' right-hand man. But reason I'm bringing that up is that you have LeBron James who's saying, I'm not just going to go out as the best player to ever play this game. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, I'm not going to go out as just the best player, best player to play this game. I'm going to create a life after the game where I'm in these conversations as one of the best put a blank there to do this as well. So I think there is a conversation to be made that um, our community uh, needs to have those same opportunities afforded to us. And what does that look like? Maybe it takes a guy like like LeBron James to to do it and then turn around and say, yo, my people, this is how... This is how we make this work, right? Um, make those same things. And I don't know, bro, like it's really hard to say. I'm going to stop talking in a minute because I feel like I'm rambling. But it's really hard to say to to think, to, to know if are we getting the same? Um, are we getting the same tools mm-hmm. to make it happen ourselves? I, I don't um, I don't think we are, bro. I think. And if we are, there's not enough. There's not enough highlight or enough spotlight to show that we are. Here's the thing. I think that um, I don't even think we are fully aware of how um, how far back we are or how, um, how how disadvantaged we are. Follow me on this thought, right? You said LeBron doesn't want to go out as only the greatest player ever. He said he wants to own a own team. Michael Jordan is, is an owner right now, right? Right. Michael Jordan and LeBron James are on every human being that knows basketball's top five. Top oh. five, at least. And I'm being generous, right? My homie Mike would think the, the complete different. He'd think Michael Jordan, Jordan Mike, and then Jeffrey MJ <laughs> are all are the top three players. No, but <laughs> my point is those are so in in order to be considered, and this is this is this is what it means to be a black man or a mm. black person. In order to be considered to ascend beyond the normal level of black mega success, right? which is LeBron James. LeBron James, Jay-Z, Tyler Perry, those guys are at the top of blackness. Facts. Right? In order to ascend above that, you have to be the greatest whatever of all time. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right? You have to be the greatest basketball player of all time. Mm. You have to be Jay-Z, arguably the greatest rapper ever, of all time. Let me ask you this. If you Google, anybody listen to this, Google the owner of any NBA team, whatever they did to make their money, they are not the greatest. Wow. They're not, it's not, the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks is not the greatest hedge fund manager of all time. 
Wow. He's not the greatest investor of all time. Wow, Steve Ballmer. Whoever. Hey, that's my guy. He, he's hilarious. Good people. Yeah. Regular people. Exactly. You can that's be, because you're white. <laughs> wow. You can be regular. Wow, bro. And easily step over the, the ceiling of blackness. Hmm. You can be a regular white dude and own LeBron James. My God. You can be a regular, like you can be a regularly, regularly good businessman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Combined with some old family money and some good stock market fortune. Yeah. And you can own an NBA franchise. Yeah. That's what you have to do to own an NBA franchise. What does LeBron James have to do to, uh, to uh, own an NBA franchise? Be the best. He has to beat the Warriors a couple times. He has to. <laughs> Break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. He My has God. to do things that no human being has ever done, literally. My God. He has to, to make Space Jam 2. Go to the Lakers. Right. What I'm saying is, you talked about access, the tools, things like that. Yes, sir. There, we don't, we don't have, that I can think of, any black money men. Do you know any? In what way? So, a black funny. person, that Mark Cuban. What is Mark Cuban famous for? Tech. What I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's I'm he's like. rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rich. Yeah, yeah, I see your point. He yeah. rich. Right. That uh, or um any of the other sharks. They're rich. What is an investor? What is like a hedge fund investor? Shout out to Damon John. Right. Fubu. Right. Yeah. A hedge fund investor is right. a money guy. Right. Right. He right, invests right. money. Yeah. He doesn't rap. He right. doesn't make clothes. He doesn't play basketball. He's just. He's not an actor. He's just a money guy. Yeah. How many black money guys do we have? Not no, people I, that I, are attached to some not not people that are attached to something else. Right. That got money. Right. Not people that sold a product or like sold a a, a service to white people. Yeah. Not people. Not none of that. You saying just money just are you saying born into money? I don't even know how you get it. Yeah. Because I genuinely don't know how you get it. Yeah. But Donald Trump, where he get his money from? I have no idea. He's just a money guy. He just has money. Yeah. Well, obviously, right. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how this happens, but there aren't any black people like that. I see you what can you're easily trace all black people's money to something. Mm. You trace Damon John's to his clothing. You trace Jay Z's to his to his um, to Rock, Rockefeller. Like, you speaking, bro? You speaking, bro? There is a way to be a money guy. There's a way to go from college. To the stock market, make money in the stock market, start your own brokerage firm, yeah. get your, sell that brokerage firm, start another one, yeah. and all you've ever done is play with money, mm. and now you're rich. Mm. That's the way to do it. Look at the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. He did it and cocaine, and still was spotless. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you ready for this? You ready for this? Tell me. There are 615 billionaires in the United States. More than I thought. Only six of them are black. Do we know who they are? Oprah Winfrey. Oh, my God. Jay-Z. Oh, God. This is disappointing. Kanye West. Good for him. Michael Jordan. Oh, my God. David Stewart, who built his uh, fortune-running IT service Thank provider. Thank God. We got one. That counts City <laughs> Verizon. Um, and then Robert. So this is, this is who I started thinking about was Robert F. Smith. Who is the richest black man in this country? Okay. His net worth is is only, and I'm saying only as if I got anywhere close to this, um, five billion dollars, 
right? How do you make his money? Source of wealth is private equity. Okay. Yeah. Thank he you. He was the guy that, that, if I believe correctly, he paid off the... Um, student loans for like... For Cornell uh, yeah. University or something like yeah. that, if I'm not mistaken. But, no, but to your point, and this is, this is why it's so important for us to do our research, because... To think that there are only six black people or, or six black individuals in the United States of America, a free country, that are indeed black out of 615 billionaires, bro. 615. That's 1%, right? That's probably 1%. I actually saw a study. I don't know how true this is, but I also saw a study that um, there are now more rich uh, Chinese people mm-hmm. than there are rich white people that makes sense i don't know i don't know like the you know yeah, how that valid that is they, but they have china so well it's interesting because they came to united states looking for the the come up because they came to the united states for the gold rush yeah, i mean that makes sense like you take chinese money right and you invest it in american stuff and you run it up yeah that makes sense Yep, america yep, love yep. chinese stuff alibaba amazon all that yeah yeah but um, man um, yeah. So what that means to me, the six, the six um, black millionaires, black billionaires. Yeah. Number one, it means to me that it is very hard as a young black person to see a billion dollars, right? Yeah. Because again, like Jay Z doesn't look like a billion dollars. Jay Z looks like Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to me, a billion dollars looks like a random dude in a. Spaceship of a vehicle, you know what I'm saying? It looks like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is like everybody. He right. looked like he worked at a grocery store. Right. He was worth a trillion dollars. Steve Jobs. Yeah, right. he just looked like regular, you know what I'm saying? Jay Z is Jay Z. And like, honestly, even if he didn't have as much money as he had, he would still be him. Hmm. Jeff Bezos would be nothing without his money. You know, bro, you're making a point right now that. Okay. I'm sorry, bro. I never, I don't want to cut you off, of course. But you're making a point that I, I, I don't think I ever really spent time thinking about is that when you look at Steve Jobs, T-shirt, jeans, Jeff Bezos, basement, um, list goes on and on. All these regular people where if I walked on the street, I probably wouldn't know you had $10, let alone a billion. Do we have enough? And this and I don't want to go too deep in this because this might need to be another episode, but. Do we have enough rich, quote unquote, black people mm-hmm. that make the status of being rich look attainable mm-hmm. to the normal black person? Mm-hmm. Or do you have to be, because do we as black people think that we have to go the same route as Jay-Z, right? Becoming a rapper, mm-hmm. becoming the best rapper ever, mm-hmm. and then being Jay-Z mm-hmm. are... Being Oprah, be, being a taco host, then having the best talk show on the time. earth, and then being Oprah, yep. right? LeBron James, high school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do we feel that we have to um, have a society uh, approval before mm-hmm. reaching those places? Because, again, we didn't know. I mean, until we just looked this up, mm-hmm. I didn't know um, the... the Right, right, right. And and my man's um, Robert F. Smith, mm-hmm. right? How many black people know Robert F. Smith? Mm-hmm. Just normal black people. 
the same, let's, let's put it like this. I'll say, how many of the same, how many black people that know LeBron James and Jay-Z know Robert F. Smith? Right. I guess that's a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. You get where I'm going with this, bro? Absolutely. Um, a couple, I think there are a couple of things that need to, that I think would help. Let me kind of mull over this in my head real quick. It's hard, bro. This, this is why, hey, by the way, we had a whole list of things that we were going to go over, but, it's never gonna get there. It's never gonna get there. Yeah. Um, I think two things that if I could, the two things that I'm going to teach my children, I'll put it that way. Two things I'm going to teach my children about money and about wealth. Here we go. One is money. There, there's the every everybody has a number, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is a kind of a Google or an infinite number, right? Black children, what I'm going to teach my black children is how much money is what it is. Nobody needs a billion dollars. Don't think about a billion dollars. It's great to have, and of course everybody wants it. It's totally unnecessary. Mm. As a kid growing up, I had a completely ridiculous view of how much stuff cost. I had a ridiculous view of how much money you needed. I want to make make $500 million dollars. For I don't even know what to tell you. I want to buy a helicopter. You don't need five hundred million dollars to buy a helicopter, bro. I don't even know where I want to go eat half the time, bro. Like you don't need <laughs> nearly as much money as you think as people think you need. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So a lot of kids, what happens is they they, they you'll look up a, a, an occupation mm-hmm. and see that it only make oh, it only you know what I'm saying the max you can make is a hundred thousand dollars. Plumbers. It's like oh man, I don't want to Jay Z balling. It's like bro, do you know how much you can do with a hundred million dollars? Right. And do you know how much damage you can do with with a hundred million dollars mm. if you're not doing it right? Mm. So having the having the understanding of financial literacy rather than dollar amount, huh. you know what I'm saying understanding what you can do with what amount of money. You know what I'm saying? For me, my my number is a half million dollars. I want to bring in a half million dollars into my household. If I do that, I'm going to stop working. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out the game. Yeah. I don't need a million dollars. He said, "I'm out the game." <laughs> What am I gonna do with that much money? Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to own a basketball team. Right. I'm not trying to do nothing crazy. I have investment ideas. I have my job. I have my hobbies. I have things like that. I have money I want to put away for my children. If I can bring in a half million dollars into my household on a consistent basis, then I won't need to worry. I can create generational wealth for my family. A half million dollars. That's a lot less than Jay Z has. A lot less. Right. But the half million dollars doesn't sound balling. It doesn't sound special. It don't. You know how much diamonds I can have for a half million dollars a year? Facts. Boy, I could go crazy. Yeah. I could look like anybody for a half million dollars a year. Oh, come on. But it doesn't sound like nothing. Right. So as a young black person, I think we we need to teach our children how much money is what it is. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need as much money as you might think you need, number one. And if you understand that you don't need quite as much... It gives you more room and more freedom to do more because yeah. you have a shorter a shorter distance to go. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You can go ahead. You can start that business. You might only make 50 grand your first year of that business, but that's actually plenty. Yeah. Because you're gonna you're not gonna have this, you're not gonna have that. Your expenses are gonna be this, your expenses are gonna be that. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. there's more to it. That's number one, is to understand what how much money is what it is, number one. And number two is to understand who has money. 
Mm-hmm. As black people, and me and my wife talk about this a lot, as black people, we have a skewed view about who has money. Think about it like this. If you go to Calabasas right now, if you go to Hollywood right now, if you go to Beverly Hills right now, and you see a Bentley truck driving by, right? Right. You look, because Jay-Z's driving it. Yeah. But it's not. It's some old white lady. Right. Hey, that's a fact. Some, it's, um, it's this old lady, bro, pulled up next to me in a... Um, some some nasty car phantom or something crazy like Ghost, that. Yeah. And she was just like two hands on the wheel, just like regular lady. Like it was a Toyota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know why that is? Number one, because those cars are not as expensive as people think they are. Come on. That's number one. Come on. And number two, everything you see, everything you touch costs money. And there's an empire attached to everything. That part. Black people play basketball, we rap, we sing, we entertain, you know what I'm saying? We'll do a restaurant here or there. That, that, those are the niche things that black people kind of quote unquote do, stereotypically. I'm being stereotypical, cancel me if you want. <laughs> but everything, real estate, plastic, oil, toys, shoes, textiles, diamonds, precious metals, toothpaste, gum, Candy stores, 7-Eleven, colors, crayons. Come on. Everybody, I mean, there's been a person that has made a million dollars on everything I just said. Multiple. Come on. I tell everybody, bro, you, you, you shouldn't want to be the uh, piece of paper. You should want to be the pencil. And people are like, what do you mean? You should, a pencil will always be needed mm-hmm. for that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Why not be the thing that people will always need? Mm-hmm. Before trying to be the thing, you, you know what before I mean? you can be used up, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And on top of that, I think the understanding of your options and your range as a person is a, is very important. You don't have to own everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to create everything off the ground. You don't have to make up something new. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's very simple to create a good commerce business, whatever it is. And earn money doing that. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Think about the lowest, most unimportant thing, store, what the dollar store. It's yeah. like falling out of control because of the dollar store. Oh, easily. Like, not because they own the dollar store. Because, yeah, I paint, my company paints all the floors in all the dollar stores. Hey, Billionaire. Bro. You, bro, you are speaking high facts right now. Access, man. That's what we need. Understanding and access. You know, access and also visibility. You know, it's it's interesting, bro. Like, my mom's um, pastor, um, I believe he does he does something where he like works on houses, but not like real estate specifically. Mm-hmm. He like builds like the flooring or something, something like that. That's the description you get. Is this something? It's kind of like, yeah, something like, <laughs> like, something like that. Like, I can show you a picture. You know. Uh, shout out to Pastor Tank, uh, wonderful man of God. Um, but I think the, uh, why I say visibility is because I think these people are out there. They're mm-hmm. absolutely out there. Because that statistic that I showed was just for billionaires. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of black millionaires. Mm-hmm. A lot of black millionaires. Black middle class is growing. Black, exactly. However, we don't know about them because we think, again, our, like you said, our our perception of who has money mm-hmm. looks like little baby so celebrity looks like right celebrity like you have to be Steph Curry I have to go to the NBA to make a million mm-hmm. like what is the what is the typical story of someone that made it out the gutter mm-hmm. bro I had to make it out bro but basketball was the thing that was I knew way. was my way why are we not teaching the 
the kid, our kids in school that listen, mm. you don't actually have to go to the NBA to make a million dollars. We gonna bring in some some black plumbers, right? Um, and shout out to Black Titans at the company I work at, Service Titan. We um, we actually did that where we brought in some black plumbers That's for a, like a quick Q and A session because we I, like in my opinion I was like these people are not being recognized right. they're not being spotlighted right the yeah. and it's almost like I kind of want to maybe that's what we start doing maybe we start bringing these people on these shows mm-hmm. right because that's what our community needs the most is to know that mm-hmm. if you if you tear your ACL my guy it's not over for you bro mm-hmm. you don't have to like this whole perception or this whole thing about like you have to go work and make McDonald's if you don't like have nothing else going for you. Mm-hmm. What else is going? What 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 is the definition of going for you? Right. Is is it success? Is it being a rapper? Is it yeah. like no, bro? Like it's not that. Mm-hmm. Like I saw one of my um, somebody I used to go to school with. Um, we were talking about this offline. Someone I used to go to school with went and bought him a, a truck mm-hmm. to start. You know, mm-hmm. towing truck or t- towing cars. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make a good amount of money. And you can. You'll always. Need that? You'll always you need can, that. You can you can grow that business exponentially. Exponentially. At any point. At any point. It, and it don't look sexy, quote unquote. But you know what else don't look sexy? Working a job that you don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And you'll be that random guy driving the Bugatti one day. How Ex- do you have that? Come on, right? Like we we're we're oh my god, bro. What? How long we been going? Oh wow. We we just I think we just hit. An hour, I think. I don't, I don't even know. It's a lot of numbers on the dash right Yeah, now. I'm like, dang, is that two hours? We did. No, I don't believe so. No, it definitely can't be two hours. But yeah, that's not. Yeah. It's no way, right? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, I just, bro, I just think that in order for us to continue to progress, because mm-hmm. what's going on with the systematic approach from uh, our counterparts and all that, bro. Like that's a whole nother story, and we kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. But for our people mm-hmm. to to take what we got right now and move forward, we have got to stop telling our kids that you can only be mm-hmm. rich or you can only be successful if you do this and that. Yeah. No, man. Like let's let's show them. Like, look, what do you want? What is your life? That should be the question. Right, like, what is your why? Is what a lot of people yeah. say. What do you want? You want a big house? You want a Bugatti? Mm-hmm. You want to eat anywhere that you want to eat? Mm-hmm. Listen, you don't have to do what what you think you have to do. And bro, I used to tell um, my bad. We just conversating at this point. Um, someone once told me, bro. They was like, man, if you ain't going to college, or if you ain't like um, playing sports when you got a high school. You have just got to go start working mm-hmm. because that's the way that's to be a man. Mm-hmm. That's to be like to mm-hmm. be a man. You got to start working. You gotta, yeah, you got to provide. Yeah. Well, of course, and I still I think that's you know mm-hmm. of course right. But who's telling that man that he can also dream, bro? Mm-hmm. Where's the like in this nine to five rush hour rat life race. rat race of like let me sit in traffic let me go to work to work a job that I don't like mm-hmm. come back send more traffic go home try to eat dinner and go to sleep mm-hmm. and then do it all over again mm-hmm. where is 
Dang, they bussing. I don't know if the people can hear that. That's definitely uh, 4th of July fireworks. Or is it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started. Uh, you, you get what I'm saying. I ain't going to keep rambling. But um, I think, bro, this has been a really good conversation. Absolutely. Uh, we can go on for hours. Days. Days. Yeah, it's being <laughs> truthful. Um, but I think this is a, a perfect place to pause for just a second. Mm-hmm. And um, I first want to say thank you, bro, for for joining me on this episode, man. Absolutely. Thank um, you for having me. I think, I mean, if you're up to it, I would love to have you on again. Regular guest, man. I mean, you know I mean. What do you call it? I'm Big Boy. I'm trying to be one of the neighbors. Big Boy! Um, but... No man, this is this is needed. I think I hope my listeners can get something from this conversation. And um what I think what we can start talking about on our next episode next time you on is cuz I know you're a man of God. Absolutely. And that can kind of get lost in conversation when people hear someone talking passionately about uh, the issues that the black community face, mm-hmm. um, they can say, you know, from a Christian standpoint, but what about the fact that as a Christian, you're supposed to love everyone? Mm-hmm. That's not like, let's not get it twisted, mm-hmm. right? Like those morals are still there. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's a conversation that um, can go, we can go further into at some point. So anything else you want to say, bro, yeah, before... Um- yeah, just to kind of wrap up what I was, you know, kind of everything we touched on. Yeah. Um, what I would say to the listeners and to everybody is use your use your tools. You know what I'm saying? Whether that is information regarding what's happening in the world right now and uh, trying to give yourself a more a sense of peace, a sense, a sense of peace of mind. I know a lot of panic and, and unrest comes from the fact that this is these quote these are quote unquote unprecedented times. Yeah. Do your do your homework. It's not super unprecedented. I mean, these things have definitely happened before. <laughs> mm. Like, like a hundred years ago, exactly. We had a we had a pandemic. So, I mean, like these things happen. You know what I'm saying? So, get some some understanding that way. Um, use the internet, man. Use the internet to like you know. Um, we to, used it like ten times, man. Yeah. Just to get yourself some information and to 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 continue to grow your mindset on whatever you're thinking on. When it comes to the money conversation we had about black people and young black kids, things like that. Young black kids, look at the things that you want. Look how, look how much they cost. Yeah. Then look who can afford them. You know what I'm saying? Pay attention to the people in the environments that you want to be in. From a young age, I was looking at who sits courtside at basketball games. Wow. I want to sit courtside. Who sits courtside at basketball games? It ain't. It, it's not a bunch of rappers. No, it it's ain't. a bunch of regular people. Yeah. So how, then I look up how much does a courtside seat cost. Then I look up how much does okay how much does a regular job make. Okay, how much of my salary does it take to get a courtside seat? Right. Okay, I need a little bit better of a job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Come on, you know what I mean. But Come it gives on. you an understanding instead of thinking that you need a hundred million dollars when you don't know what to do with it. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying. So use your tools. You know what I'm saying. Um, again, I am a man of God. I keep God first. I definitely. Uh, like you were saying, I have love for, for my fellow man and what have you, but I also have accountability. You know, if we want to use the Bible, we want to use the whole thing. Hmm. Um, other, than, other than that, man, um, 
Again, man, Quentin Max. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, yeah. agent underscore two two zero, aka that's uh, a g e n t underscore two two zero, agent two twenty, and that's second to none by by that. Uh, by the way, if anybody <laughs> wants to know what the two twenty stands for, um, or Twitter, my Twitter handle. I don't. I love how he's looking at. I'm looking at the uh, Twitter <laughs> handle is sneaker McFly, a uh, sneakerhead. Everybody knows if you want to see some fly stuff. So that's. S-N-E-A-K-E-R-M-C-F-L-Y No underscores, nothing like that Sneaker McFly on Twitter Agent220 on Instagram Again, well, thank you for having me, bro Come on, bro um, Come on, man I will be back Bro, we, get, we, we gotta have you back More it's controversy You know what I'm saying? I'll say some crazier stuff in the next Hey episodes. I might cut out literally everything yeah, you said <laughs> And if you want to continue to have a platform You should no, nah, man, we're going to keep it up, man. We're going to keep it up. Uh, we we actually have really good conversations, guys. I don't want people to think that, um, you know, listening to this podcast is going to only be these conversations. But these conversations are are relevant and they're needed and we're going to talk about them, right? Like, again, this podcast is called When We Relate. And I think in order for people to know that you actually do relate in some type of way, someone has to be the one to talk about it first. So that's what we're doing. That's what this platform is for. Um, but I would love to, I mean, we're going to start talking about music, um, the beach, relate. Oh my God. We're both married man with two two kids, two, two, daughters. two daughters. Oh my God. Team girl dad. Oh my God. Team pound girl dad. Um, so we definitely going to have conversations about that. Um, sneakers. I mean, oh my God, my man's sneaker game is crazy. Mediocre. Don't, hey, don't ever. Don't my man's walked in with what was them ones? The turbo greens. Come on, bro. They're, Stop. They're old. Stop, bro. They're old. Those not old. Are you kidding me? And I saw how you lace how you lace switched them oh, out hey, too. Man, I, I, didn't, I just didn't get finished. It's fine, bro. Don't come on, man. You, man. Come on, my, well, I'm just about a humble, humble servant of the Lord. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, this is what we do. Um, I appreciate you guys for joining us for this episode. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Will underscore Inspire. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. This is When We Relate Podcast. See y'all next time. I'll holla. Hey, where's that from? I'll holla. Such the entertainer? Is that? I think so. Or was it Martin Lawrence? No, I think it's Cedric. Was it Cedric? I don't know. My bad, y'all. We still recording. We out. Yeah.